0: Thank you for your rain. Lord, naturally speaking, we thank you for the rain the last week that's been filling our tanks and wetting the ground for new life to spring up. Spiritually speaking, Lord, we ask you, we invite you in to fill up our tanks, fill up ourselves with your with your rain from heaven. Open those floodgates over us, God. Let new life spring up within us, God. We invite you to have your way here today. Lord, we want to grow closer to you. We want to learn more about you. And we just ask you to to have your way here, God. Have your way with us. Your will be done in our lives. Your will be done in this town. Change our hearts today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everyone. You may take a seat. Thank you, band. Good morning, everyone. I found a story I'd like to read you. It's, uh, it's a story about... It's a conversation between a farmer and a preacher. The story goes that the preacher was driving down a country road when he came across the most beautiful farm he'd ever seen in his life spending, spent travelling down country roads. He could only compare it to a beautiful painting... It was by no means a new farm and the house and the buildings on it were not new houses or buildings but they were constructed well and they were restored well and painted. There was a garden around the house. It was filled with beautiful flowers and shrubs. There was a, a fine row of trees that lined the white gravel drive driveway. The, the fields were beautifully tiled and they had a fine herd of fat uh, cattle in it, grazing in knee-deep pasture. And this sight was so amazing to the preacher, so he stopped to drink it all in. He had been raised on the farm himself, so he knew, he knew a great one when he saw it, knew a great farm when he saw it. It was then he noticed the farmer on a tractor, hard at work, approaching the place where he, the preacher stood beside his car. And as the farmer got closer, he he called him over. And the the farmer turned his tractor off and shouted a friendly hello. Hello, preacher. And the preacher said to him, My good man, God has certainly blessed you with a magnificent farm. Uh, You and God have done a good work. And then there was a pause. The farmer took off his cap. He adjusted himself in the seat and had a look around it. The beautiful farm and uh, the the beautiful surrounds, and he said, "Well, if you don't mind, preacher, I I am grateful for this. We are grateful for this, but you should have seen the place when God had it to Himself. This um, God God gives us. He blesses us with stuff. He he gives us." He gives us um, blessings in our life, but that doesn't mean that we don't need to do the hard work. Um, Jock's got a great saying. uh, God says, I'll move the mountain for you, but you bring the shovel. He'll help us do the impossible, but we've got to bring the tools. We've we've got to bring what he gives us and do the work. I love that saying. So today, I'm talking about moving with God. And I want to start in 1 Samuel 16. If you'd like to turn there, it will be up on the screen too. Now, this is when Samuel came to anoint the next king. So, Samuel 16, 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough over Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. Now, in the the Old Testament, God, when he set someone apart, when he anointed someone, that that was called uh, God had set them apart for a a certain work or a certain purpose, uh, for certain responsibilities. And so God would talk to a prophet like Samuel and say, this is who I've chosen, go and pour your flask of oil over him because he's the anointed one so that 's how it happened in the the Old Testament, but in the New Testament in John fourteen, we read Jesus was saying, "If you believe in me i 'll ask the Father, and he will send the spirit He will send the Spirit to anoint you to fill you, and to you will you 'll be a chosen one, and the Spirit will live in you so The Spirit comes, he abides in us, he lives with us, he's He's the advocate, advocate, the Bible says, and he equips us and he enables us and he empowers us to do the work, to to do certain responsibilities and certain uh, things he has called us to. See, our calling starts before we know Jesus, but until we know Jesus, that's when we know Jesus, that's when our anointing kicks in, that's when our empowerment starts. So, in order to function properly in our calling, we need to be filled. We need to be anointed. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, John, John, last week he talked about uh, access. He talked about the uh, the kairos. the The moment in time now is the now is the kairos. It's today. It's this very present moment. And he was talking about how this very moment we've, is the moment that we can access eternity, that we can access God. And it, it's not yesterday and it's not tomorrow. Now is, now is the moment right now. And, uh, and too often we live in our past and the past can control us, either things that we've done or things that we enjoyed back in the past and we dwell on that too much and it takes us away from the present moment. And the same for the future. We can live in the future and that can take us out of the present moment because we're dwelling on that too much. But now is the moment we can access eternity. We can access that anointing. Have you guys heard of airdrop? Has anyone played with airdrop? No? No one? When when, um, Andrew Ironsight was here, he was doing all his, the harp and, and everything up here. He bought his own computer, which is an Apple computer, and he wanted to share some things up up the, on, on the screen and We were having trouble getting it to work, and our computers set up, and it's an Apple too, and so we used Airdrop and Airdrop is it, it happens with any Apple, so you can do it with your iPhone to an iPad or iPhone to a, a Mac. Computer, you can turn on AirDrop, and if I get close enough to to the Mac, I can I can give you give you permission to then access something off my computer or take something off my computer. And the same is true with God. If if we get close enough to Him, then then He He gives us access to the Spirit. And he says, what I've got in me, you now have access through Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm going to take the Spirit of God and I'm going to put it in you. How cool is that? Access, it's, a, it's amazing. Through the power of Jesus Christ, through what he has done. So reading on, now that we know that we all have access to the Spirit of God, we're all anointed for our calling Let's, let's read on in Samuel 16:6 6 to 13. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, Iliab, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen either. Next, Jesse summoned Shimei. But Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? Is this all you've got? And Jesse said, there is still the youngest. He is out in the field watching the sheep and goats. Samuel said, send for him at once. We will not sit down and eat until he arrives. So Samuel sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought to anoint David with the olive oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day. So I want to take a couple of points out of this passage. Firstly, there were seven of David's brothers who passed by Samuel. They, they were prepared they had got ready for this, this uh, whatever you want to call it, this presentation. And they would have been dressed well. They would have had the best smelling fragrance on. And, uh, and they, were, they were looking good. Even, even Samuel said, surely this is the one. And God said, no, no. But David, he, he wasn't even there. He wasn't even seen as an option. He was out in the field still, looking after the sheep. So he was, the, his father thought, nah, no, he didn't even include him. He didn't even invite him in to be an option. Uh, he, he wasn't even there to watch his brothers get anointed. He, he wasn't seen as an option. So I see that, that David was undervalued. He was invisible, and he was overlooked by man. Can, do, can you relate to that in something in your life? Um, yeah, I reckon you can. I was thinking about in, in your job. I'm sure you've had this feeling before—overlooked, undervalued, and and invisible. Um, maybe, maybe as a parent, overlooked and undervalued. I uh, I was thinking of um, uh, of Belinda how she does so much washing. It's just constant. There's so many clothes, and um, and then you fold it up neatly and then you ask the, the children to come and get it, and uh, and then you ask them again, and then you ask them again, and eventually the pile of clothes gets knocked over, and then eventually they've taken it to their room, and they just chuck it in the cupboard. And um, later on you'll ask them to clean their room, because it's, it's filthy, and all the clean clothes will have fallen out. And They'll gather the clean clothes, and they'll dump them in the laundry basket. Yeah? They, yeah... Parents, undervalued, but the children are going to realize when they grow up. <laughs> now, the second point of this was David was anointed when he came in. So, he, he was out in the field. He was with the sheep. Sheep stink. Sheep are really stinky animals. He would have had all the dirt on him from the field. He, remembering his brothers got ready for this presentation. They got dressed. They got smelling nice. But uh, Samuel said, send for for David. We're, we're not going to even sit until he arrives. Someone had to go out and find him. Then they had to bring him back. And he came in just dirty and smelly. And Samuel, Samuel said, all right, uh, God said, this is the one. Samuel anoint him. And so so, David was anointed even in the midst of him smelling and stinking and dirty. and the point I get from this is you don't have to wait to until you're, you're you feel good enough or you you dressed well enough or or the the stuff that you're going through you don't have to wait until that's past. God wants to anoint you even though you're dirty, even when you're dirty or smelly or He doesn't need you to to wait and and get right. I think that's an amazing thought. Another point is David was out in the field in the busyness of his day-to-day. He was doing a job. He was serving his dad, looking after the sheep. And he was interrupted from the busyness of his day-to-day. And he was anointed by God then. The, the, point, the other point here is that God, he won't wait. He, he, you don't have to wait until you've finished what you're doing because life's busy and I've just got to get this finished and I've just, look, I'm, I'm really busy today. Maybe tonight I'll spend some time with God. No, God wants to meet you in amongst your busyness. He wants to, he wants to meet you no matter what you're going through, any time of any day, that's when he wants to meet with you. The other point is that David, he was anointed, he was standing there in front of his brothers, and then the verse after, he went back out into the field. He went back out doing exactly the same thing, looking after the stinky sheep, and in the, in the mud, in the, he went back to exactly the same thing. God's called you to an assignment, and you don't need a better assignment or a better purpose God wants to give you a greater anointing so you can fulfill the same assignment in a better way. The anointing or the infilling of his spirit is to equip us, to enable us, and to empower us in what we're doing in the business of every day. So how can God empower us to do something when we're trying to escape it? That's the other other thing. Sometimes at work you're just thinking, I've just got to get out of this. This is, this is not right. But maybe that's the very place that God's got you for, for a particular purpose. He wants to anoint you in amongst all of that. Now let's move on to 1 Samuel 16, 14 to 18. Now the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul... And the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Now, commentary on this uh, talks about this being better translated as the Lord allowed a tormenting spirit because we know that God doesn't send evil to us, but sometimes he allows us to go through some things. Some Some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp whenever you the tormenting spirit troubles you. He will play soothing music and you will soon be well again. All right, Saul said, find someone who plays well and bring him here. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is... Now, listen, just read here what, he, what they say, one of the servants says about David. He is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior. He is a, a man of war and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man. Oh, yeah, and the Lord is with him. So they see five attributes of David, outward appearance stuff, even some of his talents, things that he is good at, some of his gifts that he is really good at playing the harp was his first gift, really good at. I just want to look at gifts for a minute. Those, those five, I don't want to look at those five particular gifts, but though when i read this those those gifts stood out to me okay that was that was what stood out to the servants that was why he was given the position as the person that would come Saul when he was troubled and that's what gave him access to the kingdom So I want you to think about uh, the, the fruits, gifts and fruits, they're different things. The, the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit different. So the fruit, I've had it explained to me before that a fruit is attached to the tree. So when we're filled with the Spirit, what, what's attached to the Spirit comes with it, so the fruit. So we inherit the fruits of the Spirit. We can ask for more fruits uh, to be revealed in our life. Uh, the other thing is the, the gift. You think of a gift under a Christmas tree. It's not attached to the tree, but it's placed under there, and it's, it's got someone's label on it. So this gift is for Kira. And so Kira comes, she gets her gift, and she has to then take it and unwrap it. So she unwraps it, and then she finds that there's a bike. In the gift. Can I have that up? Thanks, Kev. You've probably seen this bike before. It's out the front. Um, so this bike came as a gift to Kira from us, and she had to unwrap it. But then and, and that's how it looked like on the box, this cool bike. But then she had to open the bike and it was just in pieces. It was just everywhere. And but in the box came the tools to put it together. So some spanners, some Allen keys and screwdrivers. And so she had to take out her gift and she had to put it together. Her dad helped her. And we put together a bike that looked pretty amazing. And then once it was together and looking like that, she then had to hop on it and use the gift. And when she first hopped on it, she rode down a, like a bit of a decline, a bit of a, a hill, and she was going fine, then she got the death wobbles up and her face sort of just froze and, and uh, she ended up being fine. It was great. And uh, But the picture I get is that you get a gift from God. You have to unwrap it. You have to put it together. And then you have to develop it. See, she wasn't a perfect bike rider at the start. She was, she's not going to go in any bike races yet. She has to develop the gift that she's been given. And I see this with... With David, he was, he was firstly known as a great harp player. And he would have spent hours and hours developing that gift. And, um, and it was, that's where he spent time with God. That's where he knew how to get close to God. And, um, and then, yeah, from recognising the gift that he was giving, given and, and working it out, he got great at it and got recognised... it and got moved into different positions so I want to next talk about things that stunt or hinder our gifts first one busyness we thin ourselves out and we don't give enough time to things that matter God gives us different gifts in in our lives in different areas but if we're too busy in all the other areas they don't get enough attention Indifference is another one. Uh, unimportant or little concern, mediocrity. Just not seeing as it, seeing it as important to even spend time or develop it, or uh, someone else will do it. You, you know that that thing. Um, see, that's in our mind. It doesn't seem wrong. To to tell ourselves, oh yes, yeah, someone else will do it. Someone else do a good job of that, but it's not right either. If if you're if you've given a gift to do something and to carry something else out, to carry something out, and you're not developing it because you you don't care or someone else can do it, then that's actually not right. That the Bible says. That if if you if you don't do something when you know you should, then that's not okay. I remember I was um, I was in Canberra uh, for a, a training thing for work, and I, I stopped for the afternoon, and I was preparing a message for for here. It was a while ago, and um, and I was feeling really good about it, and I, you know, had done a good job and whatever, and I was on my way home. Um, so I was, I was pretty late home, because it was a full day in Canberra, and then I had to drive home. And on my way home, I remember seeing a car that was broken down the side of the road. And I thought, not my problem. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on my way home. My, f- my family's been without me for however many hours. Um, they can deal with it. My car's working fine. Uh, which is right, it, it really it wasn't my problem. I was in Canberra for a mechanics training course and and I, I just felt like God was saying, Oh come on, like you're <laughs> you're a mechanic. I put you in Canberra to train more. You've just prepared a message that you're going to give to the church later on. And then you just you're like, nah, it's not my problem. He can sort it out. And it wasn't wrong of me, I was telling myself as I was still driving on. And then I just I just felt like, yeah, God was saying, Come on and so I did. I, I stopped and I turned around and I went back and anyway, so that's that's a um, that's indifference. It's it's unimportant. My my gift then wasn't important because I was I was heading somewhere. Um, complacency, another one that that can stunt or hinder gifts. Uh, the self-satisfaction or smug satisfaction with an existing situation, a feeling of quiet, of quiet pleasure or security, often unaware of some potential danger. So David could have stood there and be like, yeah, he chose me to all his brothers and like, stuck his tongue out and stuff. But, but he didn't. He, he probably didn't really understand it that, that well because he was only 13. He, he may have. Um, but he wasn't showy-offy about it. He Even when he was chosen to go into to, to calm Saul, he wasn't showy-offy about his gift. He was like, yep, this is my gift, and I can use it. Uh, so that can be something that hinders the growth of our gift. Another one is perfectionism. Now... God loves excellent things. He, he's, he's after all things that are excellent. And he deserves excellent things. But there's a difference between excellence and perfectionism. Perfectionism says, I'm going to do it because I reckon I can do a really great job and I'm just going to strive for it. And I'm going to work hard at it until it's just perfect. And don't interrupt me because I'm, I'm making this thing perfect. And I can get stuck in that. Make things perfect. But God doesn't want perfectionism because we're not perfect anyway. And we won't make things perfect. He wants excellence. I've given you a gift, develop your gift and give you, you all to it. So it's excellent. Colossians 3.23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Work willingly at whatever you do. That's giving your all to it. Ephesians 6 5 to 8 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Now, we're not slaves here, so the way I read this is, Workers, obey your bosses. With deep respect and possibly fear, because they could fire you, but let 's read on, serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ, try to please them all the time, not just when you are watching not what just when they are watching you have you have been at work and and People are just doing whatever your work colleagues and one's on Facebook on his phone and the other one's just doing nothing and then you hear the boss coming around the corner and everyone's all of a sudden busy and they're working great and everything's going well. Yeah, that's that's what it's talking about. Don't just work well when they're watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you're working for the Lord rather than people. There it is again. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. So, within your gift, learn how to serve well. Learn how to respect those who you need to respect. Work hard and work with enthusiasm as though it was all working for Christ. So, how to encourage your gift? You've got to be kind to yourself. Sometimes we can get so down on ourselves and so hard on ourselves because we're not meeting up to some benchmark that we've placed on ourselves. Often things become too overwhelming, maybe because things are too busy and we're expecting us to reach certain goals. Like I said, you're given gifts. Develop them. Develop the important things. Go for... Go for your values. Set some values in your life and and put them at the top of things. Some things just aren't important and we spend too much time on them. We're called to develop what God has given us. What have you got? What have you been given as a gift from God and what are you working at? What are you developing in your life? I'm just going to end with these last few thoughts uh, I'll read from 1 Corinthians one twenty six to 31 brothers and sisters think of what you were when you were called not many of you were wise by human standards not many were influential not many were of noble birth but God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the uh, the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. Who has become for a, who who has become for a wisdom from God? Become for us for a wisdom, of God. Sorry, I'll read that again. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. My mind goes straight to Moses reading that. Moses, he had a speech impediment. He couldn't speak very well. And yet God called him to approach Pharaoh to declare to him, let my people go. The one who didn't speak very well was used to speak to a Pharaoh, to, to, to free a whole nation and Gideon Gideon was the smallest of his tribe and it was the smallest tribe in Israel as well it was the smallest of the smallest tribe but God spoke to him and said you're the mighty man of valor. you're the mighty warrior get up, rise up and he was the one that brought freedom to, to the whole nation again he delivered them again there was Jonah, he was called to confront a, a city that, that was full of sin, full of evil. And God said, come on, come, come and bring a, a word of condemnation to them. Tell them that they're doing the wrong thing. And he said, no way. The whole city of evil people and you want me to go and tell them they're doing the wrong thing? And so he ran from that. And eventually God got his way and he came back and he brought this word. It's just a short word saying you're doing the wrong thing. And the whole city was turned around and turned back to God. God calls the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. He calls the weak to shame the strong. Whatever gift that you've got, however insignificant you might see it as, it might be the very thing that God's calling you. To change a nation, to change Batemans Bay, to change your work, the people at work. God works all things for good for those who love Him. Don't neglect your gift. It's it's um, very important. Let's all stand, and we'll we'll finish with a worship worship song. I'll just pray. Lord, I thank you that we are called ones. We are chosen, we are uh, anointed, and we are set apart for you, for a purpose, for an assignment. And Lord, we pray that we want you to have your way in our life. We want help to develop the gifts that you've given us, Lord. We want to shine with excellence for you, Lord, so that we can see others saved, so that we can, we can show them who you are so we can reveal who you are to other people lord as we open ourselves up today god come and fill us afresh come and fill us with your anointing in in more ways than you have before lord we pray for those places in our lives that we haven't opened up to you yet lord we open them up to you now and we say fill us god take away any hurt take away anything that's wrong lord we want you we want more of you and lord we're looking forward every day to be transformed to be more like the likeness of christ thank you lord
1: through beauty
2: Like, I can always take Dan's message and do him preach him for about three months, do a whole series on them. Um, funny, funny thing though, that I am convinced that God has called us to be a church that understands the Spirit of God and calls to walk in the power of the Spirit of God. And if we weren't, we would just finish there and be encouraged by a great word and go, and we might pick up some tips. In the midst of a message, we might pick up, "Oh, yeah, I've got to keep at this thing, or I've got to try that thing." You know, pick up some advice from um, from Dan this morning. But um, we're a church that understands and, and seeks to understand more the anointing of God. And we Dan started that message, um, portraying this picture of Samuel going to anoint David, and uh, that really hit me this morning. Um, the opening scripture that uh, God said to Samuel, come on, you've, you've mourned Saul long enough, go fill up your flask and you're going to go and anoint a new king. And this, I just wanted to bring a sense of urgency to this message this morning, to take it from just um, some tips and some nice things that could, you could really implement in your life, to know and understand that we need to be anointed to do those things you were only, only thinking of 10 minutes ago, those things you're only taking hold of. You need to be anointed. And we're a church that believes the anointing comes when we gather together. Holy Spirit brings his anointing when two or more gather. I want to pray for you before you leave this morning, that you will not come the same, that you will feel like God has taken a flask of oil and poured it over your whole being over your whole life whether or not you're just going back to shepherd sheep tomorrow you're going back anointed you hear me? Whether you're going to do the same thing as you did yesterday, but you're going to do it anointed. You are going to be called by God and you're going to do it empowered. Amen. If you want to receive that prayer, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, to press in. You might feel to raise your hands, whatever it is that you feel you do to receive from God. And he's going to pour out an anointing on you right now. I believe it by faith. I want it for my life. I don't want to walk around dry. I want to be anointed by the oil of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for every single open heart here and now that is reaching out to you. Their heart is reaching out to you saying, hey, I want that oil of anointing in my life. I need that oil of anointing. And the thing about God's flask is it never runs dry. You may have been anointed before. You may have seen the person next to you anointed before. But there is more oil in God's flask. And He's pouring it out right now. Receive it right where you are. I pray for every single open heart right now, Lord. That receive your oil of anointing to accomplish greater, to go further, to see more, to break yokes, of bondage around their life and around other people's lives. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. Impart it now, I pray. Impart it into our lives. Impart it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, just hang here for just one more moment. you'll just sing this chorus again. Let's give the Holy Spirit some space this morning.
1: The precious Thank you, Lord.
2: Pour out your spirit, Lord. God,
1: how beautiful you are! Hallelujah! Jehovah, my salvation. In your refuge I reside. Come on,
2: you've mourned long enough. It's time to be anointed. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, God. Get us out of our stick. Get us out of our miry clay. Set us upon the rock, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your refuge, What a precious Saviour. What a
1: precious Saviour.
2: Lord, how beautiful you are, Jehovah, my salvation, in your refuge i reside. Lord, we thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for touching our lives, God. You are the God that gets involved with your people. And we thank you, Lord. We're so grateful for that. Empower us this week as we go about our business. Lord, may us rise above uh, the, the, the troubles of this world and the troubles of our life to be soaring with you this week, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said and believed, amen. These guys are going to continue to play. You're very welcome to be caught up in the moment. You may want to come to the front so you don't avoid um, people just chatting. But otherwise, have a great cup of coffee out there and say hello to someone you haven't seen for a while. No need to rush off. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.